Welcome to Tipsy Bear Radio, the conversation of how we see it. You are listening to the fabulous and voluptuous Georgia Roses. And I am here along with my co-host, Papa Bear. And my voluptuous and delightful and very uh, stern producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Yes, and we have a beautiful guest today, but if you want to catch us, you can catch us at Tipsy Bear Radio Instagram, or you can email us at tipsybearradio at gmail for any questions, facts, opinions, which I could care less about. <laughs> but yeah, for anything that you have for the future, please email Danielle and she will get back to you about that. So And leave a review. Yeah, leave a review. Leave a review. Subscribe. Five stars. Send that to your auntie, to your daddy, to your grandma to listen to. So if you're listening to this on a Saturday or a Sunday or any day of the week, thank you. It'll take you away from a moment of the rest of the world that's happening. But we are doing a very delightful special this week of drag. We are, and I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Judy Lottavina was great. Judy is 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 legendary, you know. And I don't say that very loosely to a lot of people of being legendary here in the city. Um, of course, drag has popped off in a, in a way that now everyone is doing it, which is great, right? You mean um, in general or it's in the city of Berlin? No, in general. G- drag is just now becoming the new Olympic sport in a way of a form of entertainment and, and whatnot. And, and I'm glad to see it because like when I was yeah. growing up, whether it was in Cleveland, Ohio, or it was in New York City, drag was like so like produced and big and i mean these girls would work like the makeup counter jobs yeah. so yeah. they could get the discount on the good makeup yeah, and like yeah. put an outfit together and give you like a ball kind of show completely for those of you who don't know balls like they, they compete like they're these big huge things they're like pageant sort of style and but you would get that on like a wednesday at or a tuesday at any, any night of the week you yeah. get it yeah. and it would be the way they weren't doing it to like on a living Everyone had two jobs, you know, a daytime job and then a nighttime drag job. And then I feel like in the early 2000s, you know, pre-drag race, there was kind of like this lull in drag. There was like this, I don't know. It was weird because I was applauding the artistic movement of it and how good it was getting. But then there was also me fighting my inner side being like, is this lazy drag? Should drag be protected to this like glamour drag? Mm. Or should it include this kind of like artistic pieces you know right and also i think what, you, what we forget about before rupaul's drag race though too is that you had harvey feinstein you had um um well what god what is his name from rain man dustin hoffman tootsie yeah tootsie you you know you had all of these and tu wong fu and priscilla queen of the desert but that's all glam right that's it, all glam it, it was glam it wasn't like this this out of the box experience but if you want to go even further back you got you know you got lee bowery who was like constructing drag in a very different way in the 80s and, yeah. and whatnot so well so is divine even i mean there was yeah. some glamour to it but it completely was like art yeah. piece yeah yeah glamour. that was I mean, performance art she was for sure, yeah. you know painted for the gods hair snatched in a sequin or rhinestone outfit and yeah. then would eat dog shit yeah my favorite one my favorite picture of her is looking at donald trump with that like that side looking at like, bitch, you fuck some shit up. That's like Studio 54 days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is Studio 54. Ooh, the should, we, um, should we surprise the uh, listeners at home? Surprise. Let me bring in this little, this little diva, who I think is a diva. And um, she is one of my really, really great friends here in Berlin. 
She is an auntie to me. She is a friend and confidant. This lovely lady's name is Miss Giza Polk. Hey. Say hello, Miss Giza. Hey, there we go. Hi. Oh. Hi. Miss Giza Polk. Yes. Oh. This is the infamous Giza Polk from where? From Scotland. What part of Scotland, though? Well, originally from the north. The very northeast of Scotland, Elgin. Ooh, is that a tiny it's town? A, it's a little village. Is so it like one of those? It's thousand people, so okay. yeah, that's really big at the time. Because <laughs> yeah. you didn't know a hundred people, it felt big. Yeah, well, I mean, you could walk across it in fifteen minutes. Really? Which wow! Is nice. Wow. Um, so I decided to move to a bigger place. So <laughs> Berlin, a smaller of fish in a bigger pond. Of course, of course. I mean, I've I've got to say this. Everyone knows that. I'm a big kind of out there personality loving person. I'm always like, hey, baby, how you doing? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. But the people who are closest to me know that I'm actually difficult as hell. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. My friend in New York once described me as a teddy bear wrapped in barbed wire. Um, but I've got to say this. On my two hands, I can count. And I won't let you know how many fingers I have to use. But on my two hands, I can count the people that when they walk into a room and I see them, they just genuinely make me happy mm. you are one of those people you get a finger on my two hands Phew, i thought that was gonna go a whole different way yeah, you are not one of those people <laughs> wow I, you're one of the toes yeah i have i've seen you rushed i've seen you frustrated i've seen you disappointed i've seen you problem solving i've seen you performing laughing drunk you know all this stuff and you just i don't know we always get along and you always just make me happy when you're around Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Working with Giza over the the many years, and Giza was the first queen I actually got to work with, like on professional stage. And seeing her, I was like, oh, she got her shit together, honey. (laughs) Going over to her house and bedding, she had like a wall full of everything was dragged, just like full like mannequin sewing machine. I was like, oh, bitch, she's professional. Did you see sewing machine? Sewing machines and like, yeah. Like, Do you make your own costume? Sewing machine wasn't mine. Most <laughs> <laughs> of the stuff I have is bag borrowed, stolen, basically. Upcycled. Or handmade. You know. No, I'm basically the person, the drag queen in Berlin, that when everybody else is done with their costumes, nobody wants this anymore. I said, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take that. Let me make some adjustments and, or just craft a little hat to put on top. You know, it's all matching patterns and then boom, brand yeah. new look. She was the first queen I, I worked with on stage um, many years after becoming a drag queen here in Berlin. And once we got to work together, it was actually funny because that story came about like we were the only last two queens who had like picked anyone in the group. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, I think. I wouldn't put it like that. Really? Well, I had my eye on you because you just came into the group. Right. As you said, it was kind of, we were doing this group show with House Presents and everybody kind of knew each other, and then George was the new member of the group. First oh, show. okay, okay. And I thought, let me let me find out what George is all about. Who is this person? <laughs> I'm intrigued. And lucky for me, you turned out to be an amazing choreographer, an amazing, we just like clicked mm. immediately. We mm-hmm. got to that studio and we were just, okay, we can do this, we can do this. We liked the same songs. It was a Rihanna show, and the first two songs we picked were like, oh my God, yes. Right, right. We're going to do these together. And then... You might look at me and think she's not much of a dancer, but I fucking love choreography. She loves when like someone gives her yes. steps, two-step pirouette, something. Yeah. Even though if she may not know how to do it whatsoever as like 
someone who doesn't dance to like, There's I'll no try technique. it anyways. Yeah. There's no technique. Whatsoever. Yeah, you know. But I am a full-on sub. So if you give me instructions. <laughs> oink, oink. There's those 10 fingers. <laughs> if you give me instructions, I will follow them. I will make my daddy happy. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to get more fingers on the same hand. <laughs> so um, <laughs> before we get too far, um, I, I want to do this because I, I love the idea of people listening at home, but also being able to visualize, you know, who's talking and, you know, we laugh so much. And I think that brings joy if you can picture who's laughing. Mm. Um, if people want to find you, uh, is Instagram the best way? Uh, yeah, go for Instagram. You can go to my website, but it's never been updated. Give us, <laughs> give us both of them. Uh, Instagram at Giza Polk. That's at G-I-E-Z-A-P-O-K-E. Giza Polk. Giza Polk. We'll, li- we'll link to it on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a link on the Instagram. So I was uh, fortunate enough uh, to get my ticket in advance because uh, it does sell out and see uh, Pansy's House of Presents, uh, the Tuesday thing that they do at Monster Ronson's, which is wonderful. If you live in Berlin or you're coming to Berlin and you have a chance to get down to Monster Ronson's for Pansy's Tuesday, it's great. There's so many different artists in this loving Berlin drag family and sometimes people from out of town get a slot. Um, But moreover, I was really lucky to have you kind of preview and workshop your one-woman show at Tipsy Bear that you were taking to the Fringe Festival in Scotland. Um, And I just, I guess what my question is, have you always kind of had this parody song writing, uh, show writing, like the art or actor bug in you? Yeah, that was something I came to relatively late. In my life, I mean, I'm 34 now. I started doing drag. Oh, that's better. Mic adjustments. Turn up the volume. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 34 now. I started doing drag, I think, six years ago, roughly. Before that, I trained as an architect for seven years and worked as that for two years. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, full of surprises. Like, full like corporate world, yeah, like yeah. architect, like master of architect. You like, got a wet stamp. And... Like drawing. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't quite finish. The education in the end, because I realized you do your last two years working right. in an office and doing that. I was doing that here in Berlin and I realized the reality of life as an architect is nothing like the studying process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I suddenly find myself working for developers doing, yeah, kind of corporate stuff, bathroom layouts and in Berlin, almost working for the bad guys. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> measuring up old apartment blocks so that they can come in and kick people out. And I said, nope. Yeah. You have to make kind of like an ethical decision. Yeah, it absolutely was. And it was also a mental health decision that I couldn't see myself waking up every day, going to that same office, doing something that I wasn't in love with. That you're going to like gentrify somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was fortunate enough within that same time to sort of stumble into a group of friends who started putting me on the stage. First person ever was Scott Wolfley mm. for Cherokee here in Berlin. Amazing. In drag. I wasn't in drag in the okay. beginning. Just well, kind of give you the stage bug. You know, sort of boy drag. And the thing with Cherry O'Key is we always have backing dancers for the entirety of the show. So it'll be an eight-hour show. Yeah. We have a different theme each time. I think the first one was like sports. Okay. So I was there in a wrestling singlet. So it's karaoke with a theme. Yeah. Amazing. Different. Everything. Would you say this kind of starts like your origin story? Like that, this? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the beginning of my performance career. He's Scout is the one who got me first on the stage. And then... Sort of through Scout, I met Pansy two years later, and she said, we were actually, I w- 
we got up in horrendously busted drag. <laughs> horrendous my friend Fanny oh, wait Hedrick. hold on walk, walk me through this and the people listening at home like when you say busted drag how bad was it I mean I mean <laughs> we all know how that first you know how the first moment is you put you try to put on eyelashes I spent three hours on my eye makeup yeah. and then I wouldn't leave the house without sunglasses on yeah. we all know how that is I had friends visiting from Scotland and I said oh I've got my friend we're gonna do this and then we're going to this party together they were sitting in my house for three hours, getting bored as fuck. And then I came out of the bedroom and they said, what, <laughs> what have you done? Well, where's the makeup? <laughs> so it was, we're really happy we came to visit you. Uh, enjoy your party, I guess. What's happened? They're like, you did that for three hours? What did Berlin do to you? Yeah. Was it like a smoky eye or did you go overboard? I mean, I just, it was just, you know, when you take all the color, you get the new the color pad and you're like, let me try everything. <laughs> all at the same time. I can make a rainbow. I had this sort of stretch gold lame body suit that showed off my ass real nice. We went to Sparkasse and got some money out, <laughs> took some pictures. And then we went to the club, but it was Pansy's party. And we met on the dance floor and I was lip syncing some Destiny's Child song. You don't she wrote me the next day and said, I think maybe you would be a good drag queen. And I said, can I paint your face? And I was like, mm -hmm. That might be the first compliment anyone's ever gotten from Pansy. <laughs> <laughs> and the last. <laughs> I love her. She's my mother. I love her. Listen, she's she's at Tipsy Bear doing an amazing uh, forum on sex, yeah, love, drugs, all that stuff. So she's I went amazing. over. She painted me up. She, she said, okay, you have to shave before. I was fully bearded. I shaved before, not well enough, with like a disposable crinkly razor. And then five days later, she had me a gig at Schwutz on the main stage doing like the Berlinale Film week. Really? Like That's a huge party. gig. Yeah. That's a really big party for, I'm sorry, I keep referring to listeners at home. I apologize. Um, but Berlin Allah is the Berlin Film Festival week here. Yeah. And year by year, it has gotten bigger and yeah, I, bigger. I did it last bigger. year. Yeah. That's a huge gig. Yeah, I guess it was. But I don't know, ever since I started getting on stage, immediately just clicked like, okay, I love it. This is what I'm here to do. I love connecting with people. I love making people happy, bringing joy to life and I can do that from a stage. It's not, when I was an architect, to go back there real quick, I never had the feeling like I could really excel. Like I was good. Yeah. I can draw, I'm a smart-ish person, but I never, it wasn't the passion, it wasn't what I was put on this earth to do, you know? Isn't it great when you find that point though, like in your life when you realize like, ah, everything I've poured everything into, there, there's a quick moment of maybe, I don't know, regret or maybe I wasted time, but it's such a, uplifting feeling when you're like whether you know what you were put on the earth to do yeah or just knowing it's not what you've been doing and you're going to look for that now yeah i mean that was the amazing thing is it just came so naturally sort of one thing led to the other i met people i have no regrets whatsoever about doing architecture for all those years because yeah. i've learned so many skills in computing and graphics in working under pressure building a set <laughs> having building a set having to do things because it's it's an incredibly pressurized studying experience and now, especially now that we're doing everything digitally because uh, there's a pandemic and we can't go outside, I have all these skills with computing and graphics that I can just whip things up. The universe yeah. has a plan, yeah. as I always say, The universe say, has right? a plan, darling, yeah. What do you think has been your like most influential moment in drag? Whether you feel you've like influenced somebody or you were like, oh. I'm glad Me? I'm doing drag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I take what I'm credit saying? for like, Miss Lola Rose. 
Do you know what I'm saying though? Because it can be very influential. I mean, I've seen people cry during drag shows. Yeah. I've also seen people so moved during a drag show, they either start doing drag or like me, I was so moved during Lola's first one person show that I was like, I want you to do this again and I want to direct it. But yeah. I got that inspiration from Giza. <laughs> doing Giza's one woman show. Like, I mean, I, I love doing, so the one woman show, I um, it's my first ever time trying to write like an hour long, well, two hour long <laughs> solo piece. It sort of gestated over a couple of years. It, in the beginning, it just began with, I think I should write some songs. I, I have some lyrics, I think I'm funny. And then I was like, okay, how do I introduce this? Okay, let's just make up some sort of story. And then that developed over the weeks to where I had um, a full autobiography, fictional. And what is it called? Autobiography of Giza's Life. It's called, <laughs> wait for it. Yes. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> so it's... Semicolon. <laughs> Memoirs of a Giza. Legendary. Semicolon. Oh. <laughs> I'm still here. Here. Yes. And yes, that is the full title and I will... <laughs> So it's a Pokageddon. No, a <laughs> What is it? Apocalypse. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. You know, like okay. the movie? Right, that's the first play on words, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then it's... Memoirs. Memoirs of a Giza. Memoirs of a Giza. So it's like memoirs of a geisha. Yeah, yeah. But no, a Giza. That I got. And also memoirs, like memories. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's but okay, clever. so it's Apocalypse Now, colon. Semicolon. 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 Oh, I thought the semicolon Can you have two semicolons? In the I think you can only have one, yes. and I think it goes at the end. Yeah. So I think it needs to be colon. No, then no, no don't, don't try and correct me. I am a grammar nerd. <laughs> the semicolon is quite correct where it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and then I'm still here because I basically stole that off Juju B on season two of Drag Race. Oh, she stole that from. Um, and she stole that from somewhere else. Probably she stole drag that from is Zontime. all about recycling. She stole that from uh, Ellen Strat. So would you say that you feel like that was your most inspiring moment is doing that for yourself? I mean, that was that was the most incredible project. Basically, if you don't know the Edinburgh Festival, it's uh, it's like a the world's biggest performance and arts and comedy mm -hmm. and sort of in. book festival Correct. all rolled into one. It goes on for, I think, four and a half weeks in the city of Edinburgh. And, and how many venues? It has like... 3,000. 3,000. 3,000 shows. Over like, hundreds of venues. Like 300 or 400 yeah. venues. I mean, and they're like small. Little like tiny big. bars. There's theaters. And then there's the street shows. And yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's, no. it's so good. And I decided for my first visit that I would do the whole thing, <laughs> which was ambitious, but This is the one you amazing. just did? Yeah. You did the whole thing? Yeah, I did four weeks. Four weeks in a row. I think I had two days off in that time. Oh, my um, and when you get there and you're basically on your own, you know, there's minimal support. I have to say my venue was incredible. I was in this little queer bar and there's not a, a lot out? of queer bars in Edinburgh. I would. It's the street the on street. Picardy Place. Mm. Oh, yes. I know the street. In Edinburgh. <laughs> and it's run by these two fucking fabulous, strong, older, I think I can say that, women um, who I just identified with. Completely. Of a mature age. Of a mature age, yes. Um, who are basically, because Giza Polk is also a mature, strong female character. Um, and we just clicked immediately. I remember after sort of the second or third performance, one of the owners came up to me. I, she was like sitting in the back room, supposed to be counting, counting up the money or whatever. Oh, and she's like, I could not stop laughing. And <laughs> after that moment, she would tell everybody in that bar, come and see the show. And my favorite people coming to see. So like from night one, people were coming back. 
yes. Yes, it was. I mean, the the thing with the fringes, they always say when you go for your first year, you're lucky if you have three people turn right. Um, and I did. My lowest number was seven. The final night was packed out. There was not a space left. I know. I tried to get a ticket and fly out. I think you have like a, an advantage too. And I'm not just saying just because you're like first time here, but like being Scottish too, they there's like there's just extra connect. But this is what I was most scared about because I maybe you can hear it, dear listener. But my accent is not particularly Scottish, which is like... It's like everything. The thing... It's one of the things I dislike most about myself. But when you're Giza, you're, when Giza's on stage, the Scottish is like so yeah, yeah, yeah. so prominent we that I'm like, uh, I, I can't understand. Who, who else would they be on stage? Nice <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's, that's always like since yeah. a child... You have more of like a Scotland Yard accent. <laughs> What's that? It's more like yeah. it's more like a Scot a Scotland like a pub. It's a Scotland pub. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's all, I get American. I get Australian. Has it always been that way, or is that just yeah, because like, you've lived far away? From even it? as a child, like I was, I was very self conscious about it because yeah. I had more of like an English accent. I moved to Berlin, and it's just become sort of easy to understand international yeah. Yeah. English. I think that's part of my like subconscious people pleasing personality <laughs> and also my first boyfriend that i moved here to be with was german and it's just saved time in repeating yourself <laughs> so, to sort of tone down the scottish but so, it's absolutely subconscious it's not something i do on purpose but you know so you're at the fringe festival yes your, your lowest number seven you sell out the last night oh my God. the two mature female owners uh love you can't stop laughing counting all the coins what was uh like the hardest experience you had there and then give me like embarrassing or funny because i don't think people understand when you're doing something for four weeks like every day i mean just pure exhaustion is the main one i was lucky enough to go through this whole experience with another friend and sister of ours here in this room nana shevitz mm. the oh, amazing another old bitch in the room yes you're jewish <laughs> i love her grandmother. your jewish grandmama from yeah Florida. yeah yeah and to be honest it was kind of nana who pushed, pushed me yeah and encouraged me and said no it's time you can do it you can do a solo show because nana was doing it and i thought well if nana could do it come on he's <laughs> a pope can do it too and we slept in bunk beds together for the whole month. There was no space to jerk off or anything. Um, oh, like Nana would care if you're in the room. Nana jerks off like sitting, on, like sitting sugarly. next to you. Nana jerks <laughs> off on the U-Bahn. Yeah. I would sugar every now and then. I did have sex, I think, once that month. Mm. No, twice. 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 Sorry, very excited. Yeah. Um, but I guess the embarrassing slash funny slash I'm not embarrassed, I'm very proud of it moment would be I took this guy home and then of course I didn't want to bring him into the room with Nana I was on the top bunk you know I could have just climb up here don't mind her so I took him home and then we're in our tiny little kitchen I'm like I want you to get naked and lie on the kitchen floor <laughs> I'm gonna suck your penis were you still in drag in my head yes. <laughs> yes I think we may have had full penetrative sex and then the other guy I had sex with. Grab the olive oil. And this is what happens when you hang out with Nana Shevitz too much. <laughs> we were just like, you know, playing around, pulling things, tweaking things, licking things. <laughs> and then he would, I don't know, he would say like, oh, how you, I'd be like, 
oh, you like that? Because <laughs> you spend a month with Nana Shevich, you start talking in funny voices. Like Mrs. Doubtfire. And eventually he turns around to me, he's like, look, the sex is lovely, but why do you keep putting on that fucking voice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you're so deep. <laughs> <laughs> that weird quiver. It was great, though. Oh, my God. I love having you here so much. Um, we're going to take a little break because uh, we all need more wine. Absolutely. Um, and uh, maybe we'll roll some cigarettes and uh, we'll be right back with Giza Poke. to Tipsy Bear Radio, the conversation about how we see it. How we see it. I, I am Georgia Roses. I'm barely Papa Bear. <laughs> and I'm Giza Polk. And we have our lovely, voluptuous, stern producer. Stop calling me stern. Danielle. <laughs> stern is a good thing. I, uh, d- say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. There we go. Oh, so you see a stern she yeah. said it sternly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we are here with our fabulous auntie in crime. Ruger, I, sorry, Ruger, <laughs> I don't have no more. You caused the problem. That is, our, that is Papa Bear's lovely, lovely baby. George and Roses gave the dog a chip. I know, I couldn't. The auntie, you know, it's like you have a piece of chicken and you're like, baby, just take the chicken and go out the kitchen. He's going to be giving you Danny fucking K all over this floor. I know, I know, I know. Um, but we are here with our lovely auntie guest, Miss Giza Poke. Hello. Come, give, give, us that, give us that Giza entry. Come on now. Hello! There we go! That's the Scottish now. We might have to dial that one back a bit. <laughs> and we've just been kind of shitting the shit about Giza. Thanks for that describing dire- my words. Shitting the shit. He got the runs, girl. You've been going to that guacamole. You have been beating the shit. Yeah. The guacamole. Holy guacamole. For those of you that don't know, we always have like a smorgasbord here. Ooh, just berries. I want you, I, you know what? I want to sit back because everyone always tells me I talk too much. So I'm actually going to take my headphones. Yeah, no, no, no. I light myself a cigarette oh. because I know that I don't know all of it, but I know <laughs> there is a deep relationship between you two. I'm super excited to have Ms. Giza Poke yeah, yeah. when she said yes. I so, was like, <laughs> so for the listeners at home, uh, this section's basically just going to be. Uh, George and Rose is transformed possibly into Lola Rose. Ooh. Uh, Miss Rosie is nasty. Spilling the tea with Giza Poke. Yeah. I'm going to take my headphones yes. off. Enjoy. It's tea time with Auntie. Yes. <laughs> that's the newest show that's coming too. Um, is, you know, Giza and I, um, and we as we live together, we live together during this whole lockdown here in yeah. Berlin. Yeah. And uh, being a drag queen, you're like, Lockdown? What's lockdown? Like, what, 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 I mean, what happens and what happens to the show? What happens for like not meeting people? And we just then, as you know, Giza has a, a a weekly show on Tuesday with with Pansy doing Giza the Giza Poke show. Giza's Poke House. Giza Poke House. Excuse me. Um, and that show has to continue. That yeah. show has to continue. So with that, Giza being the very technological and um, like fast thinker, it's like, well, let's let's try to do some green screen. Let's stuff. make this happen. Let's make it happen. We the show must go on mm-hmm. regardless of lockdown mm-hmm. or anything else. And I remember you thinking and seeing you, and I was like, 
girl, I guess I'm not doing any shows. And you're like, well, we're doing the shows. And I have to get this green screen together and literally turn the living room into a studio with computers and lights and green screen. And, and that was the beginning of how we started streaming on, on Twitch um, with Jesus Poke House and the Pansy Percents. And so then tell me, like, I know some of the experiences that we went through because I, I was there mostly every Tuesday night as you were trying to prepare. Screeching in the background. Like, what has, how has drag been for you during the lockdown period from March 15th yeah. to, what was it? I think it was almost like six weeks. Five. I mean, that, that moment there in the middle of March was just crazy when we, we went to bed and we woke up and they said, okay, from... From this weekend on, everything's closed. Yeah. No parties, no venues, no bars, no clubs. And for us, that was like, okay, you don't have any work anymore. Every mm -hmm. gig that you might have thought you were going to do, canceled. Right. All of that income. I mean, th this is my job. I don't have a, a second job. Right. I make my living as an artist. And yeah, to wake up and be told you have no income for the next foreseeable future, that's a, that's a moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember those moments like very clear. I remember that. I mean, I, I disassociated for a couple of days. I'm a gamer. Yeah. 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 I bought myself a new game on steam. I played that for 48 hours without thinking about anything. I just, okay. Let me just not even try and process this right now. Let me just, my brain calm down. And then on the Monday night. So we have the show on the Tuesdays on the Monday night. I had like this dream of, oh, I think. There's an online streaming platform. I woke up on the Tuesday morning having been de fully depressed for three days and just said, okay, I'm going to do it. It's going to be messy. I don't know what it's going to be. Right. Maybe everybody will turn off. It'll be a shit show. But I am somehow going to be online tonight at a mm -hmm. regular time for the show. I'm going to let people know and something will happen. Yeah. There was no green screen at that point. There wasn't proper lighting. I had like my shitty webcam that I bought six years ago when I thought I was going to Skype with my family more. That didn't happen either. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we did it. I printed out a little Giza's Poke House logo, put it on the wall behind me, turned on the camera. Of course, I was late to the first show, an hour late, but it was fine. The first just hour. Just the first show? <laughs> <laughs> Not just the first show. The first hour of the first show was literally me putting on my makeup. Yeah. Getting tips from, it was mostly friends and family at that yeah. point. Just like, hey, we're here. It's so nice. We haven't seen anyone in days. We thought we weren't going to see you again for months. Mm. But it's so nice that we have this space to like hang out. and Yeah, and I just, just sang like some of my songs. Yeah. And then I said to Pansy, all right, I've got a system. We can do this. The next week, we had like full production, six performers in her show, three performers in mine. Jesus Polk House, Heiser Presents. We're back on Twitch. And to tell you the truth, like as watching that system, because you know, I was so like at you know, I was kind of anti doing yeah. streaming. It was a lot of work. It was, it's almost 12 hours of work for whatever four minute video that you have because you have to film it a few times. You have to, well, me, I know personally for me, it's like filming it multiple times and then editing and then doing sound and then having yeah. it upload. On an iPad. On an iPad. The streaming for all the drag queens and even Pansy itself wouldn't have happened without you. So I honestly think that you were the god <laughs> for streaming. For and and actually if you think about if I think about like us being together and, and you singing your streaming, there were no other streamings that were happening during the lockdown 
even from the East Coast, from London, from anywhere else. And I think you started that initial jump to like get online. I mean, I don't know about all of that. I, 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 I do, I, I do, I do. Like, and the shows wouldn't have survived without you. I mean, I can't take full credit. You know, Nana Shevitz, we talked about her once. Yes, Nana Shevitz. Me and Nana have just completely found this symbiosis working together. Nana Shevitz is like a audiovisual. Like she was in the AV club yeah. in high school and she is just so excited and she's so talented and just picks up all this technical stuff mm-hmm. immediately. I also had a little bit of excitement. I just wanted to do it. You know, yeah. that first week hit, we were missing our support systems by yeah, being right. there physically with each other. So we, we just had to, it wasn't even a choice. It was just like, we have to do this so that we can somehow exchange, keep exchanging energies and like support each other and Correct. see each other every yeah. week and have that thing. Um, and you know, Pansy jumped on it really quickly as well. And we said, okay, we have to make this happen. Of course, in one way so that we still have a job to do. And like even just a rhythm to those weeks of lockdown right. where there is no time plan or rhythm. Because there was some, there was some good weeks, you know, and, and as I know, Giza, Giza is the queen of like making trash into like treasure and gems and whatnot. All I have is trash. <laughs> I know, but making them into like something malleable and wearable, like... If you were on Project Runway, as we watched during lockdown, it was like, oh, we'll take inspiration from this and, and make it into this. Um, and seeing you, like, we had good weeks. We had some really bad weeks because that lockdown was like, oh, but we had it was so rough. Fun. This is those moments you're like, I'm going to tell my grandkids that time we had lockdown yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, where I walked to two feet to the store and then like back home. And also just like the the there's still a lag to it. It's like a ripple effect, right? You know, there's this whole thing of like, we had a total lockdown where it was like stay at home. And then there was like this slow release where we got to do outdoor bars. And mm-hmm. then there was this slow release where we got to have people inside, but they couldn't be at the bar. So we had to do table service. Right, right, right. There was a scary moment where bars could only open if they were serving food. I remember we went out and bought like a ninja because yeah. I was going to make buffalo wings and just anything. I don't know though, but for me, like this side of the lockdown has been harder than the lockdown itself. Absolutely. I Absolutely. I found it like, one hundred percent. This kind of I'm talking about mentally, like just that clarity of okay, you can't do anything, you can't go anywhere. That was Well, there is no clarity, right? Well, yeah, in that <laughs> moment it was like, okay, you know, I self diagnosed myself with ADHD during this time. And I realized like in that moment where I had so many fewer decisions to make, no FOMO or anything, my brain just calmed down so completely because suddenly I wasn't being pulled in all these different yeah. directions. It's so and then yeah. Go, sorry to interrupt. It's so funny. Like what you're talking about, just it's kind of been a theme for my week. It's kind of just come up with a bunch of friends. George, Danielle, and I got to go to this amazing party for our friend Brian, who will be on the podcast. And it was wonderful. And it was just so full of love. Mm-hmm. And it was just a special thing to do. And then we had Brian's actual dinner party, and we were there with our friend Lana. And she had mentioned this kind of concept of the fear of the unknown, right? The on, I don't know, non-concurrent things. Nothing was happening at the same time. Normal, just what, what we consider normal. Uncertainty, sorry, that's the term she used. There was this uncertainty. Yeah. You know, what were you going to do for money if your job was still going to exist? You know, stuff like yeah. this. And just along the lines of what you were saying, there's this beautiful thing that you were able to settle down because everything yeah. else stopped. 
Yeah. And you're actually able to like focus yeah. like on your own life. Yeah. In the beginning, super scary. Super, but well needed. But yeah. Very well needed. But what actually calmed me down was I was like, oh, actually everybody else is in exactly the same situation. Yeah. So I'm no longer like in this race with other people to be like yeah. competing with them on a professional or even a personal. I it was know. a beautiful equalizer. It, it was like, okay. Yeah. We're no, all it and I remember oh, telling people, I was like, Take this moment. I know it's fucked up, but I also think as as German citizens, we had the moment because financial help did come to us. Exactly. And we were there to kind of like breathe a bit. Democratic also, socialism. You know, and I said, take this moment. Yeah. Right? Because when in the next six weeks or for six weeks until you retire, will you ever have this time to right. not do absolutely anything probably the next hundred years i mean that's when pandemics roll around i mean the world's and the world has so much catching up to do like it did in 1918 it just you know chugged forward but i i was talking more like on the lines of work you know what i mean like as as work every day you wake up and there's work you know when you retire there's no work there's kind of like just living the life but being able to just lay in bed, sleep, eat, do it, jerk the chicken, honey. Honey, do you think we live in a generation where any of us are going to retire? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You, I mean, you're right. I think retire, <laughs> like that word. Yeah. When I said the next hundred years, I meant it. We're going to yeah. wait until we're dead. You're right. Yeah. I mean, right. for me as well, I would say that also comes, you have to recognize, like I had privilege as well. I had a home yeah. that I was happy and right. safe to be in and to like set that whole thing out. Yeah. I think it's important, like, when we talk about all the benefits yeah. that actually came from that lockdown, it's also, like, you know, and how like that so for everyone. Then on a, like, woo, on a, a beautiful uh, reading rainbow note, uh, how many outfits do you think that you created during the lockdown? Because there was a slew of them. Well, this is the thing. Very quickly, it became clear that you only have to create an outfit from, like, the stomach down. Yes. Uh, stomach up. <laughs> she became the green screen queen, Not that kind of show. She's, she's doing those shows with Nana. You only have to dress. Sorry, that was, that was the Cam 4 career. We're not talking about that. She spent two months without heels, honey, in her underwear. Oh, no. Every every time in my, what do you call them? Flippers? 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 Sliders. Sliders. That's the What's word. a slider? It's like the Adidas ones. Like the sandals. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like flip-flops. Yeah, but no, but they're like, like without the flip, oh, with the, the strap, strap yeah. over yeah, yeah, the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. that big fat strap over big the top. Big fat strap. Oh, big yeah. Fat so strap. I spent two months. I was with like, big fat strap. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't doubt that happened. No, because you said flippers, and the first thing I thought was toddlers and tiaras. You know, oh, the, the fake, those fake white teeth. They put things. toddlers in them. Yeah, yeah they're called yeah. flippers because they don't have teeth yet. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that's <laughs> disgusting. Well, their teeth are real janky. All right, so you learn from the waist up, right? So yeah, the outfits. No, the best thing. Yeah, so I got close with my sewing machine. That was fun. I always wanted to do that. Finally. Someone else's sewing machine. At the time, yeah, Tommy's this time. <laughs> my husband's. Oh, I love him. Shout out to Tommy. He's lovely. He's um, such a great person. We'll get. We'll, talk we'll, about we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, the best thing with the sewing machine after like week four, I discovered the green screen button mm -hmm. <laughs> filter. <laughs> And I sat in my sewing I got myself some stretch fabric from the Turkish market. Mm -hmm. Stretch green. Made myself a cloak. Never made a cloak in my life. Made a cloak. Coke and oh, I made coke. some gloves. Cloak. There's an coke L in there, cloak. Do you remember those cloak. gloves, Lola? The mitten gloves. Do you remember those gloves? I was like, Lola. Because Lola, Lola's quite good at sewing. <laughs> you made yourself your own gloves. Yeah, so I was like, I think I can just draw around my arm and my hand and make gloves. And it worked. I you did. Believe it, 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 it worked. worked. And so I think 
in my mind, I think Gizzy made about like 15 different outfits. Well, that's what I want to get onto because then once I had that cloak, I realized I took my friend Rory Medani, talented queer artist yes. in Berlin. Hey, hey. I took his puppet that he gave me for Christmas, made out of cardboard. Mm hmm. I think you have to like Danielle. You'll have to put a picture of one of these outfits. Please, yeah, Yeah, links to Rory. Yes, Uh, I did like a cable tie Mm -hmm. of the puppet to my chin, and then suddenly I became just a human cartoon character. Yeah, and basically all of my outfits from then on out were just like made of cardboard, tiny little puppet versions of my body, (laughs) or I would be a a cloud, a literal cloud, Mm -hmm. or an octopus, or. Suddenly the outfits became not out of fabric, but just cardboard and paint and split pins. It's like the it's like the pandemic caused a complete version of like public access television art. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had access to everything at but that do, time. Do you remember watching that stuff oh, yeah. at like yes. three o'clock in yes. the morning? I was like, yeah, I can be like a messy kids TV show. This is what I've always wanted to be. <laughs> and now I have green screen. I can build an entire world. Backdrop, forder drop, forder drop, forder drop. Forder drops is a little bit of Denglish for you there. See, every time we take a break for that wine, it gets a little <laughs> looser. <laughs> so let me let me ask something because I've I've seen the two of you uh, safety pin each other, duct tape each other, oh, uh, get an eyelash back together. Do the two of you have like a funniest moment together? I don't mean to like really crack your brain because it seems to happen every time I see the two of you. Right? I mean, there's so many. The last time that we met, I don't know, it was always the um, uh, funny. I mean, just give me one of them. I mean, hold on, let me let me think because Giz and I have done multiple shows together, whether it be duo or group. We've co-hosted together at Monster Ronson's for Giz's show that she does um, on Saturday night oh, called Mike, Mike Hunt. Hunt. Mike Hunt. I forgot about that show. Let's say it, let's say it again. Mike. Mike Hunt. Yes. Search for the singing superstar. We're hunting for the mic. Mike Hunt. Um, like Danielle I, was doing on our first five podcasts with my microphone. Hunting for the she mic. She was on a mic hunt. I think one moment that Giza threw me off one time. Ooh, do it. Tell him. We, we have... A series of songs that we do together. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember doing one at, we did it together at Schwitz. Uh, it was um, RuPaul's. Um, Read You Wrote You? Read You Wrote You. And I remember we had a gig together. And Giza was like, oh, let's do Read You Wrote You. And I was like, cute, cute, cute. There's still one part of the song. I still don't know the fucking lyrics. One it's, part. <clears throat> the shade, honey. Uh, it's it's part of Detox's part. Um, and Detox, if you know her as a queen, is very lyrical. Um, and so I would just kind of mumble the lines of until I got back in. And we had this gig together. And I remember Giza saying, oh, we'll do Read You Wrote You. And right before we went on stage, I was like, oh, so you have the one with the lyrics. She was like, no, no. we're doing it live. And I was like, what do you mean we're doing it live? She's like, with the mics, we're, we're like, we're singing it live. <laughs> and I thought, but there were no words on, like, how, how are we gonna read that? So I was like, <laughs> and I was like going through the song. <laughs> well, <I don't> know. <laughs> and she's like, well, it is, it's, it's there. That's the only track we have. And <laughs> I remember getting to the part where I did not know the words. <laughs> and I'm so sorry, give me this song one more time. Read You Wrote You. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> 
scared out of my fucking mind. And Giza, and Giza already knows the verse. She knows, she knows the entire fucking song. What can I say? She's I'm already talented. written a parody on it. <laughs> and I remember going into it, trying to read the, and sing, and like blocking out. And here comes Giza with the words from my part as well. And it was like, of course, I'm an auntie. What did you do? Did you drop into that old Lola Rose split? I did. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, I don't know the words, so I'll do a drop split. Just do it. <laughs> drop my Make them scream. Yeah. Make, make them scream. Just make them forget. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That old. That pussy's taking a bunch. Oh. <laughs> it needs some more, though. Um, um, it's hard because most of our. A lot of our memories, we don't have such good memories of. What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't know. We enjoy ourselves. I mean, of the night. We're getting old, aunties. And we're old. I mean, we've had a lot of moments. So I think, like, I think some of our favorite moments have happened at Melt Festival as well, too. Yeah. Like a lot of, like, if you don't know what Melt Festival is, this is this kind of music festival that happens from Friday to to Monday. Or so. Heferopolis. Yes. I think it's Monday evening. That, I think it goes yeah. from like Friday afternoon to Monday. Do you remember evening. that time we performed in front of twenty thousand people? That was that yeah, was the one I was. Moment. I think I think you should. That was my that. first ever death that was, drop. Yes. Did, explain this. Explain how drop. we got into that because. So I don't remember who were we opening. Fever Ray. Fever Ray. That was it. Main stage. Yeah. Twenty thousand people in the audience. Mm-hmm. Pansy had got us this gig to like open the show. So there were like fifteen members of the house presents. Mm-hmm. All on stage, and Pansy had said like, sort of nude-ish looks. Yeah, we could, we and then have we have this like, stuff, we have this this pussy. Oh, we had pussy heads. Yeah, pussy heads that were made for our color by Poppy Cox. Yes, I'll add it to the Instagram. Add it to the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we did. What did we do? Don't we did a uh, we did a parody of uh, three different songs. I can't remember. We had Pink. We had Pink. We had um and then Pussy Riot. No, we uh and then we had um a um. Everybody pop yo pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't Kai. Um, yeah, did we? yeah, we did because I choreographed that part to it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. get the moves. That was and being <laughs> is that part of the foggy memory? Yeah, I was just warming up for my. There dance were like track. five. There was like five different songs. I was backstage hyperventilating into paper bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there was like five different riot. songs of that. And I had my solo ran down the catwalk of the whole thing, wearing absolutely nothing. Except for some sort of like sequence mm-hmm. cod piece mm-hmm. made out of hot glue and a wee elastic band to go around my <laughs> meat and two veg. Wait, wait, Just wrapped around the haggis. I need that whole phrase again. A wee cod piece. A wee cod piece. Wrapped yes. around. Wrapped around my haggis. <laughs> hot I love a good hot haggis. Yeah, completely. Open Naked, ran down the stage, re- knew some of the words for my big solo. <laughs> and then right at the end, I was like, girls, I'm, I've been saying it all day. I was like, girls, I'm going to death drop. You want to practice? No. No, I can't practice it. It can only happen with the weight of 20,000 voices willing it to happen. And she wound up and blam, and on the beat. It. On the beat. We have the video evidence. I'm going to put that video on Instagram too. The pr- only issue was the cameraman stayed focused on me for the next 10 seconds where I'm like, trying to get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. You're like <gasps> catching your breath. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my hairy butt crack just, just pointing right at, right like down the lens. Like a heifer post-birth. 
But that, I think that was one of the most magical moments to see 20,000 people out in front. Because usually Monster Ronson's or any other place, we, you know, you have from 50, sometimes 700, uh, you know, SSX and Dreisig. I can't speak German when I'm drunk. SSX so. und 30. See, yeah, she, she has a much <laughs> But better. it's like, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you can perform for 100 people, which is great. 700 people, it's great. The magnitude of like a 20,000, it's it's a small army. Yeah. yeah. And they're cheering you on like they're with you. Mm-hmm. And that feed you get, you know? Um, I do want to get into Giza's wonderful husband and stuff like that. Tommy. But we'll do it. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it after the break. Okay. Um, what I want to hear is who inspires you or who is a drag inspiration or storyteller or does that make sense? Like where, where do you pull from? Cause we all pull from something. Sometimes, I mean, you're inspired by an audience. Sometimes there's an artist or an author, songwriter. That is a really good question. I what? don't have a really good answer. <laughs> you don't have to. You think about it when we come back. All right. Do you okay, want to do it when we come, come back? back to that question? Right, then we'll take okay. a break. Tipsy Bear Radio, where we are with a fabulous auntie. I'm Georgia Roses. I am here with my lovely, lovely co-host. Papa Bear, here yeah. talking about the conversation on how we see it. And <laughs> our lovely producer, who is always like, right, that's how you do it. The voluptuous and lovely Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. And our lovely auntie of the night. <laughs> Miss Giza Poke. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Sorry, I've just been charging that in my throat for like four minutes. I couldn't say my own name. Anyway, hi. It's like when we were kids and you had those video games you had to charge the gun. You're yeah, like, I was like, Hello. Give me, give me 10 minutes. Hello. That's, so, that's literally how it works. You've got to like build it. you got to get all that phlegm back there, just juice up. diaphragm. <laughs> So I hope you're enjoying your Saturday if you're listening when the show comes out or Sunday when you've got some free time or you listen to it at work. I hope you're uh, enjoying it. We try to just have a good time and keep things interesting. So I had stumped Giza Pool um, before we went to break. And uh, I don't actually think I stumped you. I think it was just the wine brought it hard to bring to the front. But I'd ask you, where do you pull your inspiration from or whom? Whom? Who? Who inspires or whom inspires you? Whom? Whom? Whom inspires? I don't know. I honestly don't. My father's going to kill me. I don't know. However, my Uncle John would have something to say about that. However. She knows where the semicolon goes. But <laughs> who are whom? That's so, it. Uh, uh, pick a person that inspires you. Do you know what? I was thinking about it, and the whole birth of Giza came from my aunties. Oh, really? Yeah, That's literally what it is. I mean, obviously, there are so many performers I see. I draw inspiration every single day on YouTube from other drag queens. You know, so many things influence you. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to my my mother's sister, my mother's side of the family. My earliest childhood memories are like we used to gather. They lived in Bishopton near Glasgow, which is like 200 miles from us. So it'd be a three times a year trip. Always around Christmas, around New Year, we would go there. 
And what we would do as a family is sit around, tell stories, make puns. We would all, there would always be a pun off. <laughs> this is where you are so witty at. Between my, exactly. This is where it comes from. Like yeah. a pun off already. It would a be pun. a pun off. <laughs> Somebody that. would say something about a joke and then Auntie Linda would be like, you must be yoking. And my <laughs> Uncle John would be like, that's an excellent example. <laughs> Just on oh, and on really? and on. And then at some point in the night, the music would come on and we would literally, I remember one year, my Auntie Christine printed out all, and I mean all of the lyrics to American Pie, all 14 verses, and we had to sit there and sing them all together. <laughs> so like, my joy, my love comes from like family sitting together, singing together, trying to make each other laugh, and just like sharing your stories and being in that room. Did you do a pun off with American Pie? Or did you just Oh, I don't it? know if we ever got that. <laughs> I, we never crossed the streams. <laughs> you never dipped your finger in the pie. I didn't. However, I also, one year I got for Christmas a little tape cassette karaoke player. Karaoke machine, but it only worked with tape cassettes. Because, mm, you know, ourselves, I'm yeah. of an age. And me and my sister did Get Up and Boogie. <laughs> from the, the best disco album in the world, which is a great karaoke song because there are Four lyrics, four <laughs> words in the entire thing that you repeat. And I think this is where my entire drag persona comes from, is like being in that room. From get up and be. And just wanting to lift everybody up, have joy with each other, try and be the funniest person in the room, like competitive. <laughs> my family is so good. We, we meet up and we have like ice cream taste softs. <laughs> I don't know if you'd try. It's just like naturally though. Yeah. But it is like, natural, but that's also, that's the same energy I want to take and I want to give to other people. Because yeah. I feel like one of those like extremely lucky queer people who has actually an amazing family background, I see it almost as like uh, a responsibility f for me because I know that's not the case for like 75, 80, 90 percent. Yeah, the majority don't know their family. Of the queer family, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, not no, but speak anymore, have a so great have a right, relationship. Right, right. Yeah. And so I see it as like a gift that I can take that love and that amazing environment I came from and like share it with people and spread that further and say like, look, you are loved. Take that loving family energy and like spread it to a chosen family, you know? Exactly. Can I, can I just like pop on this? Because after this last episode with Judy, she mentioned the same thing. And I don't know if this... I guess theory is correct, but I feel like some of the, the most humblest drag queens that I know have this acceptance from their families, from their biological mm. families, as we, not like as a chosen family, mm -hmm. but like the, the queens that I do know who are humble, and I'm not speaking for everyone, I'm just, this is just a, a, a thought that's just kind of coming to my head, are the humblest ones are the ones who have their family accept them their biological family accept them and show more love out to the community than they than other queens who are kind of a bit shunned or not more accepted and then there's this this just kind of wall that kind of i mean i could believe it hmm? yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say it as a blanket statement but majority i would definitely agree with you i think mm. some of the queens that are Especially like what you said, hearing Judy and whatnot talk about having the transfer from staying with mom or staying with grandma, and they're one of fifty-seven, right? You know, and she's so humble and giving educational. And then hearing your story about having this 
funny, loving, just full force right. family uh, and knowing how loving you are and what you bring when you're with other performers. So I, I would say you're right on the net. Yeah, because I, I, I was just thinking of, because I was just showing Danielle, my sister like sent this kind of message of the national coming out day and she like put this this page up of like, this is my brother and my sister Lola Rose. Who yeah, I, I saw love. that. Your sister, and she like it was she amazing. like took yes, like oh. hit me off off guard. I was like, oh, and I already knew that they accepted me and loved me for everything. So would you when, call like, yourself humble? That, huh? Would you call yourself humble? Uh oh, there it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got some ball break. Yeah, she's humble. Sorry. I, I am. Hum I am that. humble. Six days out of the week. Today is probably not one of them. You know what? Lola Rose <laughs> is a humble queen, but also she's a queen who knows her beauty. Yes, and I and, and she I, celebrates. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know, she, and I know that the love that. comes, and I and that's what I what I mean of like when I'm on stage as Lola Rose, there is just this these amounts of love that yeah. once you give, you give back to the other community of people who may not be receiving that as well. And I think it reads on stage, right? You can you can see when artists are with I hate to say this because it breaks my heart, but without family or have some sort of yeah. severed tide or um, a struggle with their family connection and they present this kind of strong independent, you yeah. know. And then they're the artists that have a good relationship with their family, whether they struggled through something, but now they have it you see this person who's so full of life. And that's not to say that the independent person isn't full of life. Completely. But there's a difference between you can do what I've done, I love you all, you don't need them, and then there can be I've felt this and I want to give it to you. Yeah, both yeah. yeah, 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 love. completely, completely. For me, I I wouldn't even put the emphasis on humble. Mm, okay. Because I don't think you need to be humble. I think you can sing about your beauty from the rooftop. Mm. But what you are is an uplifter. For me, that's way more important. That's like, okay, I'm gonna be a part of the community and I don't need to put other people down for me to feel in a position of strength. Whereas you actually recognize if we all are lifted up, then we all are lifted up. That doesn't put me down. That makes all of us as a queer community Amen. in a better place. Amen. Hey, this is not a religious podcast, but this is an uplifting podcast. Yeah. So I just love to remind you that. I hope so. This will not go into the Christian service network. We get into some deep shit, but yeah. it's uplifting. This is not tea with auntie. That's coming to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just angling for a new podcast. You, you talk about having this great family and giving love to everyone and um, I think we all kind of have our minds wrapped around that. But whether you can move with your family or leave your family, whatever, you can still do drag. And whether they get it or they don't get it, that's fine, whatever yeah. family unit you have. I hear from a lot of drag queens that I've met all over the world because I've, I'm fortunate enough to be well-traveled and live in different cities. But there's a constant thing I always hear from them about the difficulty of how much they love their craft, how good they are at their craft, but there's still a human side to it when it comes to like dating or mm -hmm. even meeting someone for the first time in, uh, what's the proper term? And not normal, um, boy, just meeting people in boy or meeting people- Out of drag. Out of, out of drag. Is that the proper term for everyone at home? Meeting out of someone drag. out of drag? Uh, and when you say meeting, do you mean- I mean like if you're in a bar or something dick. like that. <laughs> or vagina. Uh, getting dick or vagina, whatever, or both or several, um, but yeah. just the kind of entering the like, I wanna take care of me um, 
by doing it with someone else, you know, that kind of like, this is yeah, what's yeah. missing in my life. I want to meet someone. And I feel like a lot of the times I've talked to people um, that feel like drag is almost their current skeleton in the closet. Mm, 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 so what's your experience approaching that? Because you're married. Yes. You know, boom goes the freshly, <laughs> freshly married. I explain the dating experience in drag. Did you have any issues or? Um, did I have any issues dating a drag? Well, maybe I did until I met my husband. Yeah. Um, it was definitely when I was, yeah, you know, the period between when I started drag, I was single in that moment. And it possibly was something I hid at that point. But when I met my husband also happened to be at a moment where I decided, I mean, there's no point in hiding this part of myself because whoever I want to meet if I want to spend my time with them, mm. they have to know everything. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to meet them with my fullest, truest self. And I met my husband, my new husband. We just got married in May in the middle of Congratulations. lockdown. Congratulations. A beautiful wedding with masks. <laughs> we even had to wear our masks when we kissed. I love it. Yes. Love it was it. gorgeous. Um, we actually met at Tunton House, which is this gay squat here in Prenzlauerberg, where we're filming. One of the last ones left in Berlin since uh, the early 90s, queer squat. And we met around 5 a.m., both of us lip syncing to either Diamonds Are Forever or Ray of Light. We can't decide which one it was, <laughs> but definitely both of them were involved. And I remember turning over my shoulder, seeing him, having a little look. And honestly, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but my first reaction was, hmm... I don't know, he's kind of cute, but I'm not sure. Turned back, was on myself. And then I had, I remember it so clearly. I had the discussion with myself, like, Giza, what the hell are you doing? That is a beautiful man. He's obviously interested in the same things you are. If you ever want to fall in love, like, turn around and engage with this person. Mm. And um, it, the rest just became history. It was the most amazing meeting. That was my first sight. I mean, it's cheesy as it is to say, honestly, yes. We met on that dance floor. The sun was coming up. It was like 6 a.m. in the morning mm. by this point. I went home with him. My phone was dead. We had sex. Yes, reader. We had sex. Yes, reader. <laughs> Listener. Reader's Digest. I don't know. It's a British reference. <laughs> uh, and then I remember like at 9 a.m. the next day, I was like, right, I have to go home. My phone is dead. Tell me your name. Tell me. I asked him 20 times to tell me his name. Are you on Facebook? Yes. Tell me your name 20 times because I was not going to lose this connection mm. of this man I've just met. Of course, we'd forgotten that pen and paper existed, <laughs> which would have, made, would have made everything a lot simpler, but it did. And then we met up and our second date was just after I shot a music video in full drag. And from the moment we met, drag was never an issue for him. But I, I mean, I'm... But, it, but, but yeah, I think you, with that, Tommy is an artist. Tommy is also a producer and a, and a gorgeous, well-established ballet dancer who has danced from all over the world. Yes. So he and understands talented. and lived in San Francisco and has lived everywhere. So he understands the form of different drag well, the, and different yeah. forms of art and like how the artist lives. I mean, this, this is what I count myself as. Just incredibly lucky to have met this human being on that night in this moment. Completely. Because the more we got to know each other, I started to hear his stories about when he was seven years old. And he's, 
He was born in the 70s um, in Finland. He's Finnish. He told me the stories about when he was six, seven, eight years old. He would dance around his parents' living room in his mother's nightgown and just... He was be, like the Finnish Edwig. He was like a sparkling queer creature. Mm-hmm. Queer okay. creature from the accepted. And you see it in, in his and show. And he had though, the yeah. same journey that I did with my parents. Oh, really? Like this really tight family unit? This absolutely... I mean, he basically never had to come out because it was just clear. He, he told me when he was like seven years old, he would be at school and the boys would say to him, are you a boy or a girl? And every time he gave them a different answer. <laughs> that because is the type of adult he is too. Exactly. Like just, he's so comfortable and just loving and... Oh. He he's did a show here in Berlin, artist. what was it? It was right before quarantine? Was well, it? he's actually got a show coming up this week. Oh, uh, oh. It's his first ever solo piece. He's turns. He turned 50 this year. That was amazing. Um, yeah, it was supposed that to debut live in March. Of course, the quarantine put it off. We did like a, a filmed premiere. And now this week, we're actually doing live for the first time. His, That's, yeah. The show will come out too late. but I, I It'll be too late for this podcast. Yeah, but, but uh, we'll put something up on the Instagram yeah, yeah. tonight. Yeah, and he's doing absolutely. a solo for every year. He started as a ballet dancer. He moved to Germany when he was 17 to join like the Hamburg Ballet School. Really amazing. And then at 27, he moved to San Francisco, started com- Contemporary Dance wow. Company out of nowhere. He, he started just, it himself. Yeah. Called wow. Kunststoff That's in a lot San of Francisco. Work. Yeah. Well, he only started it because a ceiling fell on him, broke his body, ended his dance career. And within six months, he started a whole new thing that went on for, it's still going on. Am I correct in thinking that Tommy told me when that happened to him, when the ceiling fell on him, that he was told he may never walk again? Yes. Yeah. Wait, the ceiling fell on him or a ceiling fan? What? No, a ceiling. There's a ceiling, the wall. The thing that holds the four walls together. And the way he tells it is the environment was so toxic, he was already feeling like the world would end in some way. Yeah. And then the ceiling fell on him oh. in the middle of a dance class. Oh, my God. They pushed him to the side. And they carried on the dance class. Yeah. And he was most was likely paralyzed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vertebrae, like multiple vertebrae. Oh, my broken. God. Yeah. And I mean, it takes, I mean, you can imagine who Tommy is just by the story. Like, and it really does take that person we know, that incredibly special, just, he's really is so full of love. Like, you know, most times I see you, I see him and he's just, yeah. he's always happy. He's always pleasant. <laughs> You but know. don't let you, don't don't let them catch you with all the the fond in the kitchen either. <laughs> with the what? In the the fond, all the the beer bottles and the the, the water bottles. Yes, that's when you see Tommy go. Always oh, got a recycling <laughs> issue. But I mean, that's what I was getting at. I really think that it takes a, a special person to understand. Let's be honest. All of us sitting here now in the studio, we're a little bit on the outside. You know, we're a little I mean, eccentric. For the black I'm sheep. a difficult person to live with. I'm a difficult person to be around. Much less I'm a horrible with. husband. <laughs> you know, horrible boyfriend. I'm but. not the best husband, but my husband loves me. God knows why. I know but I, but I, I hear all these stories about people. Maybe it's an older thing, and that's the beauty about the movement of the LGBTQIA plus, you know, kind of group, is that I used to hear these stories growing up in New York that somebody would, like, fall madly in love. And I, whether it was hyper-masculinity or whatever it might be, they would be like, I'm so worried to tell them I'm a drag queen, or I'm so worried I invite them to the bar tonight, they're going to see me for the first time in drag. 
and there's like horror stories of it ending yeah you know and now i don't feel like you hear that so much you don't hear it as much i have noticed sometimes in not so much my like i guess dating life and whatnot most people haven't been turned off by the drag most people are interested in like oh what's your what's your instagram handle oh this is amazing um do you ever find that you lose a lover that becomes a uh, a fan <laughs> lose a lover who becomes oh it's more like you you lose a fan who you gain a, a lover, lover and then you lose both <laughs> or I, I i have a lover who's become a fan but then i lose both both yeah yeah and and that's okay with me you know um do am i missing them yes to a certain extent you know, that's just how life kind of crumbles and rolls around and whatnot. But there's never been anyone who has been like, oh my God, you're a drag queen. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Do either one of you talk about your lovers on stage? <laughs> oh, multiple times. Even in my own one person show, I do. Yeah. Um, well, that I know. I mean, just in, even, a, in like, a normal. I actually talk yeah. more about fictional lovers. <laughs> no, even on the Sunday shows or anything, I, I do bring lovers into the storyline of where oh that ice cream story the the ben and jerry story yeah uh, you told it right you know yeah, yeah you know even in the sylvester show there's that you know the song of like bringing up the lover and my uh my lover and confidant and lisbon joel and you know so i think it is true because that's just where as people know george and roses and lola rose live and they just live in that moment for life imitates art or does art imitate life? hey 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 baby say it one more time papa bear does life imitate art or does art imitate life amen write that down people listeners write it down because it can get challenging i mean i find and obviously you're married so you know this we have long-time lovers i'm in an open marriage i won't speak for you you can say whatever you want um it it almost gets easier as a performer to speak about your relationships on stage because they've kind of given in to all of you. There's kind of this love that happens when you get married. I mean, people that rush into marriages are the people I feel the worst for. Like when you marry someone, you may live apart, you may live very far away, you may have two bedrooms, you may sleep in the same bed. There's all different There's forms so many, of marriage. Yeah, yeah. But you can't just say, hey, I'm over it. You know, it can't be like a relationship where no. like you piss me off, I'm done. Like. There's bank accounts, there's paperwork, there's legal stuff. Oh, there's we're just taxes. working into that right you now. You know, like, yeah, it's... We're about to do our taxes together for mm. the first time. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad here. Here it's great. In the States, it's a nightmare. But the thing of being a performer is that, like, sometimes you want so much to talk about the person you're with or who makes you happy or funny things that happened, and they might, may not be comfortable with that. Like, when I do my stand-up comedy, let's say... I lay into my marriage. I talk about mm. shit. My husband hates it, but at the same time, when we get home, he's like, "That was pretty fucking funny." I'll never say it again, funny, but it's funny. Yeah. As <laughs> long as it's funny. Yeah. I mean, if you just go up there and you talk about it and nobody laughs, then then there might be an issue. But well, it's a balancing act, isn't it? Because you're trying to bring relatable life to the stage. I mean, you're talking about your life, and that is your life. Yeah, and you're trying to move people, so you're trying to relate in that way. And then also at the same time, you're trying not to lay it all out like a therapy session. But sometimes that happens. Yeah, <laughs> That's when you know they love you, when they stick around. I don't know. I think the reason why our relationship worked and is working is we kind of met each other at a moment of radical honesty. We were both prepared just to lay everything out. We also met each other 
he was living in Finland for the first two years that we were together. So we started with a long-distance relationship, so it was kind of clear. We're going to have an open relationship. Right. We said that right from the beginning, but you have to talk about those things constantly and how that works. And one of my favorite things in the world is to have sex dates with my husband and to watch him having sex with other people. Oh, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Does it make you horny? I will, like, go up. I will, like position myself at their end, at their head end, and just watch their eyes like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, I know, right? Isn't it good? <laughs> it's amazing, that. right? I love that. I but love I, that. But I look at like... that joy that he's spreading. Why exactly. would I be jealous of that? There's exactly. more happiness in the world. Thank you so much. I mean, and that's the thing. Like when you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter if you're a drag queen or a comedian or an actor or a nine to five business person, whatever you're doing, that conversation, that open communication is something you need to have for a successful relationship. Like yeah. I said, whether you're a drag queen or whatever you're doing. And when you're having that conversation, you get to bring sex into it. Now you're dealing with a dual-edged sword in your relationship. And if you do it properly, it can become your biggest suit of armor, really. Yeah. You can just be like, there's a whole part of our lives that we don't worry about because we have an understanding. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think we're going to take a break here yep. and uh, maybe go to hit the bowl. Yeah, we're going to hit the bowl after Come on, this. Bowl. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tipsy Bear Radio. Welcome back to Tipsy Bear Radio, the conversation about how we think. Hey. Ah, ah, ah. I am your voluptuous and scrumptious host, George and Roses. I am here with my lovely co-host. Circumferencingly blessed. Is that how voluptuous? <laughs> okay, Sister Mary Clarence. Papa Bear. And we are here with our lovely and voluptuous stern producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. And... <laughs> Before I get into my next guest, I just want to say if you uh, want to catch us on Instagram, it is Tipsy Bear Radio on Instagram, or you can email all of your comments, opinions, any questions you a have. A voice memo? We'll play a voice, a voice memo, memo to yeah. our. Well, I don't know if you can do that on Gmail, but you can do that on Gmail. Um, and email us at tipsybearradio at gmail.com. I hope you're having a lovely day and wherever you are at. And we are here with our lovely, lovely auntie who just brought us in to like comfort our souls because the devil is on us today, honey. Our lovely and my friend, my auntie, my friend, my confidant, not my lover, (laughs) Miss Giza Polk. Hello. There we go. So it has been absolutely divine to have such a pleasure. A, such a pleasure to have you in the room. It has just been filled with so many different energies, and you know, Judy is different than with Giza, and, and all of these. So much fun. It, but it's, it's, that's it's what just, it's about. It, that's what yeah, and that's what it's about is just having this different energy in the room, and you've added so many uh, perspectives in our life of who Giza Poke is and. I've been lucky enough to share that on stage and off stage, um, seeing these ugly and beautiful moments as well, you know? You know, I don't think I ever really explained who Giza Polk is. Yeah, and I think if we can if we can just 
We're gonna stretch it. We're yeah, gonna yeah, stretch we're it. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna, gonna, gonna spread you with a little love, honey. Yeah. Before we hit the ball, who is Giza Polk? Thank you. That's a good question. I never thought you would ask. You I would didn't. think I might have an answer prepared. However, <laughs> um. You know, before I get into that, I just want to say thank you as well for bringing me here. This is so nice. I mean, you it's won't really know this at home, but we are like, we are family here. We Sitting are. here, we are family. Yeah. Through Tipsy Bear, through living together, through working together. This is just me sitting with chosen family here in this room. And that is so lucky. And that is Even so if special. you want to like rip their head off and choke their fucking chicken absolutely like i have had moments with each and every one of you <laughs> <laughs> well i could just so i i'm curious to know how actual the actual geese poke became i want to know how she was burned well, I, yeah, I, I want to know who geese poke is geese poke well to be honest geese poke was born with a very specific wig Mm, yes, yes, yes. News flash. <laughs> Sometimes drag performers wear wigs. <laughs> Do you have an original Giza photo we can put on the Instagram? Like a yes. beginning photo? Of course. Perfect. Absolutely, I do. Yes. And the very first one, I remember the first time. So I mentioned it earlier. Pansy put me in drag for the first time. And that occasion, actually, we had to shoot a video to promote the next round of shows that she was organizing and I was going to be part of, even though I'd never done drag before, but it was okay. Okay, first day in drag, we're shooting video. Here we go. I was like, okay, mm, I can handle this, but make sure there's a bottle of wine. <laughs> Let's do this. But we still hadn't figured out a name. So for the first few weeks, Pansy was sure that my drag name was going to be Dobby the House Elf. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what? Hold on. Let me get my good ear out. Say that one more time. Dobby. The House Elf. It's a character from the book series of yeah, yeah. She Who Shall You have to explain all that. Do you know that. Danielle was in The Hobbit? That was she my first was musical. The Hobbit. Starring role. The Hobbit. <laughs> Her feet aren't big enough. I've no. seen your hairy tongue. <laughs> Stop. Oh, I'm matching. I'll take my socks off. We can compare. Um, so but Jesus yeah. got you. Uh, so I had Dobby. like a bunch of these names that I was trying out. It was Dobby the House Elf. I was like, I'm Dobby the House Elf. Jesus, I'm oh, glad yeah. Good thing she died. I was thinking, Shosha Bum. No, good thing she died too. That's another one I was thinking of. And then I put on this wig. I had the bottle of white wine in my hand. And Pansy said, so, Giza Poke, where were you born? And the voice just came with the wig, with the wine. With the story, an entire character was just waiting there to be born. But is that how the name was was birthed from from Pansy, Pansy then? Pansy, Pansy gave it to you. No, Pansy did not give it to me. <laughs> okay, let's get this straight. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get straight. Yeah. The name nowhere. entirely came from my brain, sitting with my pal Jonathan Ravenhill Lloyd, one of my best friends. We used to live next door really to sweet. each other and hang signs outside of his window, denigrating me. <laughs> uh, but no, I came up with this one because I was like, it's, so if you're on Socky Hall Street in Glasgow and it's 3 a.m. and there's some girls coming down the street with a dress no longer than a belt and you're <laughs> pissing in the doorway of Marks and Spencer's <coughs> and you see a guy that you fancy a wee bit of fun with 
you might lean into his ear and you'll say, he's a poke. Oh my God. Which is kind of Glaswegian for please, would you finger me? Yeah, like, like give us a poke. Giza, give me a poke. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's where the name comes from. <laughs> yes. So you found that with your bottle of wine and your short wig and all of a sudden Pansy's looking at you and she's like, all right, Giza poke. Well, she had put me into it and then eventually <laughs> I did that and then she was like, oh my God, what have I started? She's like, that's it. <laughs> the monster's out of the box. Well, I was like, that's it. And Pansy said, oh no, I think we should. I said, no, <laughs> she's here. She's like, let's give this another thought. You're like, no, she's already here, dear. No, it's kind of like Aladdin. If Pansy would rub the lamp and then the genie came out and caused chaos and destruction across the world. And wanted three dicks instead of three wishes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am the genie of three dicks. Three fingers. I mean, any genitalia, to be fair. She Ooh. is the pansexual pleasure goddess. She comes anatomically correct in her box. Yes, or <laughs> you can change it. I don't know. We've got switchable genitalia. So that is, uh, that is Giza Poke. But then I know that Giza Poke also has like a story, right? Right. There's a story. And let's be honest here, listeners. We're switching between the human and the drag character multiplicitously and that's fine that's what happens when you're a drag performer you don't really know which one is the real one which one is the performer you have a little wine too <laughs> and I then you have some wine and then you <laughs> can't stop talking and they have to edit you out of the podcast <laughs> I hope people drink Chardonnay on the weekends yeah. I hope every time I said hello you better be drinking uh, officially, she's a pansexual pleasure goddess, ex-daytime TV fitness instructor slash authoress, singer, auntie. But really, I don't know, I wrote all of that. <laughs> it's good to have your line. You're like snappy little, yeah. this is who I am as a drag queen. Your calling queen, card. I don't know, really, I'm just, I want to go out there. I want to uplift. I want to bring more people into drag. I want to sing to people. I want to entertain people. I went to send them home happier than they were before and just, I she's, don't know, give she's some done, hope. She's definitely done that yeah, for absolutely. me as definitely. a performer yeah, and even Giza outside of Giza not in drag has done that. She Usually when I'm uh, having Giza in a show of mine that I'm producing, I can be um, the uh, Meryl Streep of Devil Wars Prada in, yeah. and be quite strict and and. Mm. and and like stern and how this production should be. But working with Giza, she's always the one who is always kind of like calms and like brings every, the love and everything back into like uh, tranquility. Every time. Do you know what I and mean? With and with like just this uplifting humor aspect to it. Yeah. So yeah. I would say if that's, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you dream to do, uh, dream bigger because you're already doing it. Yeah, you well, I was going to say, I'm not dreaming about that. I'm doing that exactly. right now. Yeah, and you are. You yeah. are. That's okay. And Let's my, hit the bowl, huh? My yeah. favorite thing mm -hmm. before we hit the bowl. Yep. What, is it the bull or the bowl? Bowl. Oh. bowl. Like smoking, hitting a bowl. Oh, I thought we were doing washing up. Sorry, I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say my favorite thing, what I love about drag and what I love about performing is when problems come, when there are issues, when there are heckles, or when something goes wrong, that is my favorite moment in drag because that is your moment to just like react, invent, create, 
do something funny. The worst. I don't know where I'm going with this. Sentence. No, but the, the, I know what you mean because <laughs> you know it, I mean, when I think about that, is the the show we did together, the Stone Roll uh, Opera that we did together with, right. with Martini Cherry for the. Oh, that was like, an epic performance. Was, you mean Martini? Yeah, and that was probably one of my one of my favorite projects working on with Giza and Martini of telling the story of the stone wall and how it became and whatnot. And I remember right before the show, there was just like this firecracker that got thrown in the room uh, between Martini and I. And of course, being the producer and like the actor and the director, I I couldn't, I didn't know how to fix the problem. And there, right. there here, here comes Giza walking in. And Martini on the other, on the other side was like, yeah, you're telling me these things like completely. You also weren't communicating it, maybe in the best way or something. Completely, it was just like cats, you know, spitting each other across the room. And Giza came in and, and kind of just like cleared that up. So well, that goes to with, say what I was talking about, just with Giza always spreading the love and bringing joy around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. we hit the bowl. Giza, you ready? You got to pull out a war story, an embarrassing story. Oh, that's the bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought we were just taking right, drugs. Okay. Uh, embarrassing, sex, war. And, name that tune. Oh, name that tune. And or uplifting and inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got a lot. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? <laughs> All right, we have. It's okay. The stories are great, though. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. who wrote this? Whose handwriting is this? That's probably mine. Tune stuck in my head. Oh, ah, tune okay. Stuck in so, my head. so to explain to you as a, a first-time guest, tune, tune. taste. Um, to explain to you as a first-time guest, and I, I have this sneaking suspicion you may be back. Um, and for those listening at home that are just tuning in, shame on you, but please subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and all that fun stuff. Anchor.fm. Uh, tune stuck in my head is more of like a digital thing. What have mm. you? seen or heard or watched it can be a meme a gif a song that just hit you in the last couple of days and you're like oh why haven't i listened to this in forever or something you saw online or anything like that oh do you know what i would share it's not a particularly recent one but one that i keep coming back to every time i remember it and one that also makes me feel close to my sister lola rose um you know that bit in sister act two which part you know that bit where they're sitting at the piano? La, 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 No, 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 no. That bit where they're sitting at the piano and she's oh. like, and this is how I feel about us. Mm. You take the top and, and I'll take, take the, the bottom. bottom. His, eye, his <laughs> eye is on the sparrow. Yeah. And uh, Lauren Hill and I think her name, Tanya? And, uh, um, in real life, her name is, is Tanya. Tanya, I can't exactly. remember the character's name. And these two characters. Also in real life, her name's Lauren Hill. No, the other girl the who's other, saying, yeah, he said Lauren Hill and Tanya, and you went, no, no, in real life it's Tanya. No, because I'm talking about the I think girl. I the name in the film was also Tanya. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> Randomly, but anyway, that's how much I've watched this film. And they just sit at this piano, and they just, um, you know, they're beaten down. They're having tough. Lauren Hill, she is not connecting with what Mr. Sister Mary Clarence is trying to mm. connect with her with. But they sit there, and they have this beautiful moment together at the piano. And they sing, and I, listen, I am a singing drag queen. I wish I could <laughs> actually sing. And I'm the queen who doesn't know their lyrics. <laughs> um, that's great. So that's what's stuck in your head, huh? That you is a piece, that film in general, I have, I mean, if you want to hack into my banking account, 
favorite films to strike to my <laughs> You've bought it on Laserdisc DVD. <laughs> that is one thing that I have always identified with so hard. And mm. that it also comes back to when we first met, one of the first things we connected on was our love. Of Sister Act 2. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. you know a good person when they love Sister Act 2. As Girl, well. it's the same thing about like how I, when I meet people who have cats and who have dogs. <laughs> What's stuck in your head, George? Um, I, randomly thinking about it, I've said this before, not a big fan of who she is on a like bigger level, but I've come to kind of cherish their music. And what she has presented is Beyonce. And I had a little Beyonce night on Monday. And I thought, damn, this bitch is fierce. Yes. Yeah, she's got it. This bitch is good. Did you watch Black is King? Huh? Did you watch Black is King? I'm not I'm not gonna get into that. I'm so happy you're getting into Beyonce. Well, that because we we I did a Beyonce musical operetta with Nana and Martini and we like we yeah. read her for Phil. Yeah, the crux of your musical was like Child labor. Completely. <laughs> and how Beyonce, like that. You know that was I mean. how you celebrated Beyonce. She was kind of like the Michael Jackson of the next generation. I mean, she still is in a way. Well, I mean, without raping kids. I mean, her dad like drove. Explain that. Somewhere. Her dad like whipped and drove them, right? Didn't Completely. He, like, yeah. Make them you know. rehearse nonstop. And he was like a Joe Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. And her mother is still the stylist. Yeah. And listening to Beyonce and like what she's produced with other artists, I'm thinking, damn, this is black excellence. Do you know what I mean? Some people kind of raise her up on a more pedestal of like, this is God. But I think listening to the stuff that she's produced in the past with Destiny's Child and coming forward, I, I thought I need to go back. And I'm okay with saying this, of giving her a chance yeah. and listening to the stuff that she's actually produced herself. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so, would you say there's like one song in less like not month? not necessarily um, because I think as a as a drag artist we have so many songs in our head yeah. at the moment for the things that we're trying to create at the moment. So something that is on repeat are the songs from the shows. But one artist I think I I will allow myself to get into for the next week is giving Beyonce a chance to kind of like tell her story and like where that is, where is this at, you know? Am I gonna buy her shit? No, cause I, I pay for Spider-Man. <laughs> but, but do you know what, if I could just jump in there, what I've always admired about Beyonce was, she came from this huge girl group. She started a solo career with pop songs, like, mm -hmm. you know, Sugar Mama. No, 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 Bills, Bills, Bills. Yeah. You know, like just nice pop songs. And she could have easily just stayed at, stayed at that level, made a gigantic career out of doing that. But with every album that she's gone forward with, she's pushed it more. She's becoming more and more political, more and more vocal. Completely. And with her performances that you've seen, like I think it was 2017 VMAs. The like, one where she's pregnant? No, uh, that was before that. The before that? The one where she had literally like... Girls who run the world, women, uh, girls who where run she uh, had like no, black one, black people like, standing on stage, yeah. the police sirens playing uh, in the background, yeah. lighting them up, and then them getting shot and killed right, on stage. Right, 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 right. Like that is what I find she uses really admirable about her is she could have just settled. Like she had a pop career, she was a megastar already, but she's not content with that. No, because she's a responsible human being who uses her power in her career Completely. to move forward. So that's the one person I think. But if you if you want to get specific with the question, Edit James. 
Heather James, stuck yeah, stuck in my head. I think I think her career needs a little bit more like. She'll have a resurrection. I think it's coming. They're gonna they're gonna remix one of her songs and put in a big movie or something. I'm so. happy that somebody right. said that at yeah. last. So <clears throat> I've had I always have a lot stuck in my head. Period, because I'm always attached to my phone or the television or friends are sending me funny stuff and memes or I've got my record player over there and I'll just put it on and just kind of do what I have to do throughout the house. So I've always got a lot going on in my mind outside of my absolute craziness. Uh, but uh, we came back from, I don't know, two breaks ago or something. There was a song that when I woke up, uh, my friend Joshua had posted on, he's actually a partner of my best friend and business partner, uh, had posted something on his Facebook and I woke up this morning at like, I don't know, noon because <laughs> I was up watching Perry Mason until four o'clock in the morning. Uh, and there was this video of all the people um, from Broadway, not all the people, but a, a large enough group of people from Broadway, especially our lovely Sandra um, Bernhardt. Um, and they were on the steps of TKTS. And for those of you that don't know, that's uh, where you can buy discount or last minute tickets that haven't sold or shows that are knowing their close date and stuff to sell seats and you can get them at a discount but they have these beautiful red steps that they built mm -hmm. times square ten yeah. years literally yeah. on times Time square. square yeah it never looked like that when i was growing up and then boom they put this beautiful thing and it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous and they're all standing there and it's so um it's so indicative of broadway like you see yeah. those red steps and yeah. of course you think times square but you also think that's where you buy tickets to yeah. see broadway it's yeah, kind yeah. of like this moving walking livable monument and they had posted this video one two three days ago i think they might have even done it on sunday to be a little tongue-in-cheek um and they were singing uh, the closing song to sunday in the park with george by uh, stephen sondheim called sunday um and although it's this very moving bring you to tears song um they're all wearing their masks and face shields and they're singing about things that they know and love that aren't gone forever um they're just not obtainable right now you know you can't go outside to the rivers or the lakes or the you know yellow red grass you know because they're talking about impressionistic stuff and that tune's really in my head and it just gives me this idea that we are fumbling bumbling through this shit. you know there's people that are doing it better or worse or we're going to wear masks or we're going to close bars and people can't work or working from home or your kids can't go to school, whatever it is. But they're singing about something that they love so much. You can hear it in their voices. And they're all Broadway stars, which is something we love so much. So it's been stuck in my head and I just yeah. think there's a beautiful thought in there of we're going to fucking get there. We're going to, but we got to be together when we do it. No one gets there alone. That's yeah. it. I think um because you just showed us that video in the break just there and what it made me think about is yes these things are beautiful going to the lake going to the park going outside enjoying all of that but what is so hard right now is those things don't mean as much if we can't do them together exactly and you see all those people on the steps and they are together but they're also separated and that's just it has, so, it has to be like that. Life is a metaphor right now. I mean, life is yeah. a walking, living, breathing metaphor right now. Mm -hmm. Danielle, we, what do you got in your head? <clears throat> uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of videos of people getting scared. Scared? <laughs> I'm, 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 
thriller. Is that like reactions to my makeup video? Or you mean like the funny YouTube ones? Yeah, so there's one in particular that I love that it's a guy playing a tuba. (laughs) 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 And somebody comes and knocks on the door and he screams like he saw a ghost. So good. This is what you have playing over and over again. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah, I wake up to look at it. Did you ever see the the what is it? (laughs) (laughs) George is like George is like so good. You know this is our producer. Everything I say has to be deep. I don't have to follow suit. You know, God bless you. My brother plays the tuba. (laughs) If you ever want to get scared, I'll you I'll I'll bring him to Berlin. Did you ever see the one with the, I think it's a French. Like, yeah, yeah. Love that one. That's like, a classic. Uh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? French horn? No. He's a chef? Unicycle? No, he's not a chef. He's a janitor. Uh, he's like, no, like a busboy, a uh, dishwasher. Dishwasher. Yeah, KP. He's a dishwasher. Yeah. Kitchen porter. They scare the shit out and of they him. Sc- and he's always like, <laughs> and they have videos. It's like I don't 2,500 layered in videos. It's amazing. It's amazing. Scared. Because of a tuba? No, no, that's so a different cute. video. Okay, 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 okay. Tuba guy is special. Look it up. Tuba guy scared. Tuba guy scared on YouTube yeah. or uh, French, French guy dishwasher scared, scared yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, who knows I, where the hell we went in the last maybe half yeah. hour? We, but, um, we went from Sister Act to Beyonce to Sunday in the Park with George to Tuba guy. What do you want from me? I, I, I want your Everything. love and truth, and that's all we ask yeah. for. I feel like that's what we got. Yeah. yeah. And with that, I think it's time to close it out for the day because I know now that some of y'all have to work or go outside and do your thing. That is where we're going to leave you. We love you so much for listening to Tipsy Bear Radio. If you can catch us on the Instagram again at Tipsy Bear Radio. And um, if you have any questions, comments, opinions, is tipsybearradio at gmail.com. Our lovely listeners, you are listening to George and Roses, and you have our lovely co-host here with me. Papa Bear. And we have our voluptuous and divine producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Great. And we have our lovely (laughs) and fabulous auntie, of love who has spread so much today and has opened our eyes to everything. Can you say hi? Hi. Oh, I thought I was going to Come on, Miss Giza Pope. I want to thank you all for having me here. It has been so much fun. Thank I you. love you all. I love you all for listening thank you for this King. long. And I'm just going to say <clears throat> goodbye. Hey. And with that, we love you. Have a happy, happy day today. Love yourself.